and welcome to In the Odd at MSU, a behind-the-scenes look at the Michigan State University Department of Theater's productions and special projects. I'm your host, Bray Kubiak. And I am Abby Taikaki. The MSU Department of Theater strives to train future practitioners of the performing arts to challenge and redefine traditional theater as an artistic response to an ever-changing world. This podcast serves to amplify the work being done to fulfill that mission. Today, our guest is Marshall Ross, a senior BFA acting major and one of the 12 recipients of a Create Microgrant program from the College of Arts and Letters Dean's Arts Advisory Council. The program awarded each recipient $500 to respond critically and imaginatively to events occurring during the COVID-19 pandemic using a variety of mediums. The winning projects will be displayed in the fall 2020 in a virtual exhibit supported by the MSU College of Arts and Letters. Hello, Marshall. Hi there. So first, tell us a little bit about what you pitched in your application for this grant, just to start us off. Yeah, so um, I pitched a short film that, so all of the pitches had to um, have something to do with the pandemic or quarantine or the, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement that was at that time just kind of getting started, building up steam into June. Uh, so it had to be something focused on that. So I decided to pitch a short film that was uh, specifically looking at social isolation in somebody who is dealing with uh, anxiety and depression. Awesome. So what was your inspiration behind that premise specifically? Well, I wanted... I wanted to capture some of my experience in quarantine and I ended up becoming uh, pretty isolated during the majority of quarantine because uh, I didn't move back in with my family. So I was just uh, alone most of the time in my apartment. So I wanted to kind of find a way to dramatize that experience of like me being such an extroverted person naturally uh having that no longer being an option anymore and just the having nothing to do and you're stuck there you can't call your friends you can't hang out with people you're just alone in your apartment and then to make it more dramatic i decided to amplify I give this character um some mental illness uh, that he was dealing with. Also, I thought that that was a good way to make the story more um, accessible or uh, something that more people could relate to if they see an extreme of this. Yeah, definitely. No, yeah. I was thinking too, is that it's something that everybody can relate to, like, especially as theater people, where, where people that like are usually extroverted folks and we see a lot of people every day and, and we're very vulnerable all the time in our profession. And then to be thrown back into our homes and to have to see family that maybe we don't see very often. Maybe we don't mm -hmm. get along with them. Maybe we don't have a safe place at home. You know, like we were all thrown back into that environment and whether that was good or bad varies, but I think we can definitely all relate to that aspect of isolation regardless. Yeah. It's, it's it like kind of, it can, force you back into your shell and it's just it's just that like stark difference from the life we had 
to the life that we needed to live in that time. Yeah. So, so I just have a, a, a question, a point of clarification. So, the film that you created was not a documentary. It was a no. A it's a narrative film. Narrative. Yes. Oh, okay, that's so cool. Yeah, definitely. So, did you have any uh, collaborators with you, or did you just sit down and say, "I'm going to write this film," and then just kind of start scripting, or what was your process? So that was actually part of my proposal kind of to fulfill the artistic intent of this film, which ended up being a lot more artsy than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> was yay to, to go in with that theme of uh, isolation is that I wouldn't have any collaborators on it. It would be entirely a solo project. And then the title of the film ended up becoming solo at the end. That's just about, a solo dude in his apartment. So that's kind of a running theme from all of the creation. But yeah, I just kind of, um, once I got approved for the grant, I immediately started writing and the writing took a while longer than I wanted it to. Cause I also, uh, scheduled out my time and how I wanted, when I wanted to have everything finished, I gave myself like, two weeks to finish the script and like a month to finish shooting and like a month and a half to edit. I didn't stick to that at all. Uh, I was <laughs> consistently a week or more off my schedule, but yeah, I, I sat down and the script took a long time to really figure out. Cause I had a bunch of these like little ideas all over the place. Part of the thing is that it's um, I, I guess it's almost technically a silent film because I think there's only two, three lines of dialogue in the whole thing. That makes sense if you're alone. Otherwise, yeah. you'd be, the character would be just talking to himself, right? Which I'm sure is something that some people do, but I don't. So I don't know how to to write that, like that sort of actual out loud self-talk. Did that silence make it inherently more artsy as you... Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, also my original thought, I kind of wanted to make it a, like a like a like a dark comedy or a tragic comedy. Um, it's not funny. It's not a comedy. But that was the original intent. Oh, what happened? Do you just couldn't find the humor in everything going on in the world? Yeah, I think so. And it was just like the ideas that I had that I was like, oh, this could be funny by the time I got to filming it. It was like, no, this is kind of a this is kind of a serious thing still. The the humorous parts maybe turned more into awkward moments, which mm -hmm. I think fit better with the style of the film. I think that's what kind of happens too when you're working on like a, a solo project where you don't have a lot of feedback from collaborators and others and like you don't you haven't shown anyone so you're not exactly sure how it's being received mm -hmm. like so so that's definitely a, an issue that can come up too um d did you run into any other challenges while working alone what were some of your biggest challenges cinematography because i didn't have a anyone to be my camera op so honestly i think the problem was doing everything at once like when filming happened because I had to, I had, I had, I marked out with masking tape, 
all over my apartment, every place I was going to put my tripod to film it. So my apartment floor was just covered in masking tape. And then every time I took a shot, I had to record with my phone on my uh, tripod. It was all done on my phone. And then I had to, uh, my microphone was always placed like just slightly out of frame. And then I had to go do the audio for that, set that up. And then I had to slate everything. And then I had to get into the acting mindset and uh, do the actual scene, go back, check the frame, make sure I was actually in frame. Then I usually wasn't. And then I'd have to go back and do it again. Uh, and then just trying to organize all of that and making sure I didn't lose anything. And if something got corrupted, I had to re refilm it. And it was just like doing it on my own made made it so I had so many more steps for every part of the film rather than having Yeah, you like had every job. Too. That's a lot of hats to wear. Yeah. yeah, you would have camera ops, gaffers, you know, lighting people, everything on the scene. And then when you're by yourself, it's definitely a lot harder. I definitely relate to that. Like growing up, I used to make videos and, you know, little short type films all the time and I would be by myself. So I yeah, I definitely relate to that for sure. Yeah. So Marshall, is um, film acting one of your sort of interests or concentrations in your BFA degree? Uh, yes, I th it has it has kind of um, evolved into that over the past uh, two years, two and a half years. But I started doing uh, some short films with MSU uh, students, and then I. I've, I've, I sort of fell in love with it and I've just been continuing to try and do as many film, as much film work as possible. And I, I, yeah, I just, I, I really enjoy that medium. That's kind of the direction I hope to take my career after college is all said and done. Have you taken any um, courses that helped you or informed your work on this or were you sort of have you just kind of been self-taught in terms of filming recording editing scripting well uh, a little bit of both the I, I took media acting classes with Ryan Welsh in the department of theater I've taken two of those and taking another one this spring through those classes, I was just kind of able to get really comfortable working with a camera on me and getting used to ha having that extra actor awareness of where the camera is as opposed to if you're on stage is where the audience is. So like learning how to work with the camera as your scene partner um, is something I learned pretty well with uh, Ryan's class. But then editing... I'm entirely self-taught. I started teaching myself audio editing, and then um, I moved on to trying to learn video editing because um, I really got into it in uh, once the quarantine started or once in-person classes stopped because I was doing videos for all my classes. So then I had just wanted to make them look nice, so I'd edit them and like do color correcting, and eventually it turned into my ability to make this film and yeah i i'll i one thing about the film that kind of takes takes center stage it was in the editing process 
it ended up being a lot more about the audio design of the movie more than almost anything else. Because there's like, gonna... yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just curious about that too because you said that it was basically a silent film, and then you said you were editing audio, and like, it just the question came to me was like, was there any like foley involved? Like, were you? Yeah, actually, there was um, there was some sound effects uh, that I created. A lot of um, thuds and falling and punches kind of sounds um, that I use. Uh, there's a a couple of ADR things. There's the neighbors upstairs that have some lines that um, is just me recorded with pitch changed and then made it sound like it was coming from a different room. And... Yeah, my my character um, faints at one point, so there's a like a thud sound on the ground. But the main part of the audio was there's um kind of two sounds that are going through the entire film, which is there's a white noise sound and this kind of a gamma wave bass. Okay. Those are both used to represent the emotional state of uh, the character Grant at the time at whatever point in the movie. So um, if the white noise is high, he's feeling anxious, or if the um, gamma waves are high, uh, that's more of a depressive episode. And they just kind of um, ebb and flow throughout the entire film until the end where there's like a big climax, which is just like a cacophony of chaotic noises. And the character just kind of sitting there listening to all this noise. So you're, you're wearing so every single hat in this <laughs> film production and you layered on a role where you're taking on depression and anxiety as a performer. How, how did you handle that and did it affect, you know, did it, did it creep in on you? Um, I mean, it wasn't easy I, especially when I was getting to the last part of filming, because I, I knew it was going to be hard. The last, like, I think it's like two or three minutes of the uh, movie, um, I saved those scenes to film last because that's where he's um, kind of at the lowest point in the entire film. He He hasn't eaten in weeks or a week. So he's like, he's starving. He's not able to handle the situation that's happening around him. Everything's kind of elevated. And I was really scared to film that because uh, I, I personally was worried that it was, that I wasn't going to be able to show it. Like I wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to hit that mark. Mm -hmm. But when it came down to it, when it got to that point, I, th I think I was because mainly because uh while i was filming it i was just so anxious filming that entire section and like it took me probably twice as long as it would have for anything else because i just couldn't press the record button on my phone i was like i would go take a lap around my apartment before i press the record button and then i just jump into it and i have to kind of like force myself to do it like all right you're just gonna just go just take the step, do the leap. You don't have a choice now. The camera's rolling. Time to go do the scene. Did you have any any 
activity or thing that you did for yourself when you finished those really difficult moments of filming to sort of bring yourself back to you? Um, mm, you know, I don't think so. I should have. <laughs> Not necessarily. Maybe you didn't need that. What, when, yeah. it got, when it got to that point, I think that was like I was done with the film and it was more like excited that I had finished relief <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. like that 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 weight off your shoulders not saying that it was a negative weight but it was just you knew that mm -hmm. you had finished and no I mean successful. it literally felt like a, a weight was lifted off my shoulders the second like I, there was definitely like um this character leaking into my personal life and the second I wrapped on filming it was like oh I I feel so much better that's cool yeah, that so sort of endorphin rush from finishing a project. Oh, definitely, I bet. Is it endorphins? I don't know. Dopamine? I don't know. I'm not a serotonin. 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 And I definitely another point is that when portraying like any sort of mental illness or different abilities, it's it's, it's very important to kind of maintain PC in a way. Like you don't want to portray them in the wrong way. You have to do a little bit of research before you go into it, because you definitely don't want to be seen as playing anything incorrectly. That's definitely for sure. Yeah, and it's, I I feel like it's, I've, I mean, not many people have seen it yet, but I, I feel like I did a good job handling that. And it's shown in a way that's, it's not, in your face like if i didn't tell you that this is what it was about you might not even know right exactly i had no i no doubts about that i know that you probably portrayed it perfectly so you said that not many people had seen it yet where is this available to view that's a wonderful question <laughs> so it has been turned in to uh the uh to professor victor who um, is in charge? Oh, has been in charge. Divya Victor, who's been leading the Dean's Arts Advisory Council. Yep. And this micro grant program. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. She has it now. It's in her Google Drive. I have not received word on when this showcase is going to be. Mm. Once the showcase has happened, I'm planning on putting the film on YouTube. Cool. But I'm kind of waiting until after the uh after the event oh yeah definitely once it's up we'll be sure to uh, uh put a to link to it in uh in the uh, notes of this pod so I everyone can find it that. <laughs> um were there any surprising takeaways from this how do you think this will impact your work going forward as an artist and do you see yourself I don't know, maybe revisiting this when, if, how the pandemic is over? Yeah, I think, I think the, the biggest and coolest takeaway I got, because I mean, there's so many things. I learned so much, so many technical skills from this that were just like reinforced or completely taught anew. But the thing that I, that I think will stick with me best is my ability to take on a project like this. Because 
I, I kind of, I, I definitely submitted to this grant on a whim. Uh, I saw it and I was like, yeah, I can do that. And I kind of made up this project, which turned into a real project at the end. But it, I definitely like knew I was taking on more than I could do. Like I, I bit off more than I could chew on this project. And I did that on purpose because I, I, there was so much time available to me. And I wanted to know if I, if I had the skill to create a project at this scale. And it turns out I did. And I think that just kind of proved to me that I'm basically capable of doing whatever I set my mind on. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like you're outside of your comfort zone is where you do the most growth. That's, yeah. You know, I kind I kind of live by that too. It's like if you don't if you don't step outside to try something new, you'll never learn anything new. I also love um that this is sort of a a theme between you and the other uh, micro grant award recipients that we've talked to on this pod. Um Nate Davis and Jason Jernay, all three of you expressed surprise at how much you were able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. Yeah. And a lot of new skills that came along with that challenge that you put before yourself. So pretty cool that this program was available to. No, for real. I give you this crazy pandemic experience. Like, and years from now, when you say, well, what did you do during the pandemic? And you're like, huh, I totally wrote and shot and directed and acted in my own movie. I made a movie. Yeah, it's like in contrary to like the movie's plot, it like probably kept you very sane in this yeah, time. So you had something to do. I, oh, that's a cool I juxtaposition. That's, that's something that I've actually kind of been a little worried about in how people will respond to this film in that if they see it, are they going to be like very, very worried about me? Are they going to worry that this was my exact experience? Because like I was creating this, but my experience was the creation of that, not the experience in it. Yes. If they are worried for you, you know, you did an excellent job. That's hey. exactly what I was going to say. Too. It's like, well, you know, you're a good actor if, they, if they're worried about you. And writer and film cinematographer, all the things. Oh, well, and sound editor. <laughs> Yeah, I I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, how's the semester been going for you this year? It's been going really well. I I have de I've actually been taking what I learned from uh, doing the movie. My life is significantly more organized than it has ever been. Just I'm like I'm really flooding myself with work this semester. Just to, there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing else to do. Might as well do all of the work I possibly can. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's really how this semester's been in a nutshell. For, I, like, I'm sitting next to my to-do list. It's like three pages long. I'm just slowly working, working my way through it. Well, then maybe we should uh, wrap this up and let you get back <laughs> to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to the Michigan State University College of Arts and Letters and Department of Theater Chairperson Stephen Benedetto for supporting this project. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect official entities of Michigan State University.
This has been In The Odd, a Michigan State University College of Arts and Letters podcast. You can access every episode of In The Odd at theater.msu.edu forward slash odd. We'll be back soon with another behind-the-scenes look into what happens at 542 Auditorium Road in East Lansing, Michigan. Until then, wear a mask, wash your hands, stay six feet apart, and go green. Go Go white. white!